What's up, y'all? Thanks for listening to Open Mic today. I'm here with Riley Bryant, and we're excited for today's episode. But I want to encourage you, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe to our channel as well. Follow us on social media on Instagram, at HS Young Adults. But Riley, thanks for being here today and speaking on life after college and transitioning and what that looks like. But Riley, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, Like Logan said, my name is Riley. I graduated from Mizzou in May of 2019, so go Tigers. Um, I moved to Springfield about a year and a half ago and just transitioned into a new role at work. And so I buy kids apparel and logo apparel and t-shirts. The fashion world. I love it. Yes. So Mizzou, what was your favorite thing at Mizzou? This is kind of Missouri State territory down here in Springfield, (laughs) Mo. But uh, tell me your favorite thing about Mizzou. Sure. Uh, Football season for sure. Didn't always have the great football season that I wanted, but loved all the games, loved the people, loved the Just there the for the atmosphere, right? For sure. The fall, fall on campus. Yes. I love it. So, Riley, you just moved to Springfield, and you've obviously underwent a lot of transition and moving and starting a new job and finishing college and all those things. What has been the most difficult thing in your transition? Sure, the most difficult thing. Um, I think just change is hard in general, but – the unexpected, not knowing what adulting looked like, um, grieving college. I loved college. And so giving up that flexible um, just schedule and free time, that was hard for me. Um, Moving to a new city where I didn't know anybody, a lot of loneliness comes with that. Um, Just unmet expectations of my life looking differently Mm -hmm. and like even just quiet times, discipleship, finding a a new church. um, That was just all an adjustment. You said two things that stuck out to me that I want to kind of sit in for a second. What did you do like when you were lonely in that transitional time? Because I think a lot of people would say in young adulthood, I'm kind of lonely. I I mean, I don't even think that's just for single people. I know when my wife Emma and I got married, like we felt kind of lonely and that we didn't have like a lot of community when we first got married because a lot of our friends weren't married. So like, how did you combat that loneliness? For sure. Um, I was lucky enough to have just a really great community in college um, and a lot lot of really close friends. And so keeping in touch with them, even though we were all in different states, different cities, different countries, um, started using Marco Polo a lot just to keep each other updated (laughs) on our lives. I didn't know that Um, was still a thing. I didn't know it was still going on. Yeah, I never used it before until post-grad, but... Um, so that was just really helpful um, to see that we were all going through a transition together. Yeah. Um, so pressing into that community and those friends and then just really pressing into God through a lot of prayer and just like where he had me in that season. And you mentioned your quiet time kind of shifted a little mm-hmm. bit. And that's something I've noticed. Like when we say quiet time, I'm talking about just spending time with God on a regular basis, mm-hmm. reading scripture, prayer and things. I've noticed something that that has been very true in my life for transitions. So how how have you caught like a new rhythm now that you're a little more settled? Like, Or how did you help yourself to catch rhythm with your time alone with God? Sure. I think just realizing, well, giving myself a lot of grace in that it looks different in college. I'm not spending a couple hours every morning. Um, that just wasn't realistic for me to do that before work. So um, giving myself a lot of grace in that and then trying to implement different things throughout the day, whether that's praying as I drive to work, um, reading over my lunch break, Mm. um, listening to sermons, the Bible in the morning. Um, Yeah, I think doing those things and recently came to the realization I felt like if I wasn't reading the Bible every morning, then that was wrong, but I could still listen to it, but I felt guilty about just listening to Mm. it. But 
I heard somebody say the other day that, you know, back in the day, people didn't have the written word. And so they were hearing it by listening to it and hearing people pass that along. And so that was really encouraging for me to learn that too, and just give myself grace and that it looks different. Yeah. And, and I think sometimes too, we like lock ourselves into our spiritual discipline should Mm -hmm. look this way. Like our routine should look this way, but uh, you, you know, I encourage people sometimes like switch your routine mm-hmm. up. Like if you've just been reading, go listen to it, go on a walk and listen, listen to worship music, do different things that, um, will, will kind of get you like, uh, I don't know, change of pace. And, and sure. I like that you said that, that, you know, you have to have like grace towards yourself. What do you eat for lunch every day? What's a go-to <laughs> lunch and huh. for a working career person now? Well, luckily at work, we have a really nice cafe. So, um, okay. But with COVID and everything, it's been a lot of salads and sandwiches. Do you um, bring your lunch or are you always a cafe type of person? I usually get it at work because it's just a lot easier. There you go. So. You have it right there. That's a that's a life hack for all you entering yeah. the career field is work somewhere with a cafe. Exactly. That's awesome. Riley, I've mentioned this kind of already that we have, um, we, we obviously wanted to have you on for a reason. We have a lot of respect for what you've done. Uh, and, and just like coming into our community, you know, and, and, uh, I, I've just been so impressed with the way you've inserted yourself into community here at a new church, which is very tough to do, like where people already have relationships and things. And as open as we hope to always make the church, it's always tough to like re- to find community mm-hmm. when you move. So what did you do that helped you as you started to go to a new church? Yeah, I mean, I prayed a lot about it, especially before moving to Springfield. Um, I kind of had certain things that I was looking for in a church. And so I church shopped for a little bit. And then one of the main things I was looking for was young adult community. And so, I mean, High Street has a ton of young adults. I hear it's all right. Yeah. I hear it's a decent community. (laughs) Um, But so that was kind of a big thing for me. And so, yeah, but I am definitely an introvert. Um, Well, I say I'm an extroverted introvert. So it was hard to get myself to come to young adults when there's a lot of people. And I had to really give myself a pep talk sometimes before coming um, but just making that a priority because I knew that that was where God wanted me, that we're supposed to be part of the local church, um, just combating that loneliness with finding community. And so really making that a priority, um, you know, becoming a member, getting plugged in, finding a community group um, that was more tailored to where I was at in my life stage as far as yeah. working post-grad. Um, so, yeah. Well, and you, you also do something so well as that you serve, and that's one of the biggest things we, we talk about this is that when you serve, when you hop on the team mm-hmm. and you join the team, you're going to build relationships so much faster. And you're going to have more joy in your life because sure. you're getting to serve uh, in, in that powerful way. Like God has wired us to serve in the church. Mm-hmm. And when we were talking before this, you mentioned to Coco and I that there were some nights where you're like, I don't necessarily <laughs> like want to go. Walk right. me through like, why did you still come? Because like, I think we're all kind of there. Like sometimes it takes work to get Mm -hmm. to church. For sure. Yeah. I mean, whether it was just a long work week, um, still adjusting to that eight to five schedule. Um, It's dark outside during the winter. Uh, I'm an introvert, didn't know anybody. So there's a lot of reasons why I could not come, but I knew at the end of the day, I needed community. I needed people in my life. If I was going to transition well um, and be in Springfield long-term, I needed to get plugged into community. And so just like I said, really prioritizing that, um, praying before that, um, I guess meeting more people and just kind of 
looking for those people when I came to young adults or yeah. pressing into those relationships too. Yeah. And I think that's been a difficult thing. And like during COVID and mm-hmm. obviously a ton of grace for, um, you know, the, it's, it's a tough season in handling what does church look like and mm-hmm. things. But I keep thinking of Galatians chapter 10, where, um, where we're told to not neglect meeting together and that we should do that. And, uh, it's obviously beneficial to us spiritually. And so I think it's really good that, uh, you, you obviously made that a priority and important. And I think one of the, like the myths of it is we all go through seasons of t- being tired. And mm-hmm. one of the things we tell our team here is like, don't grow weary of do- doing good. That when you're on the team and you're serving in the church, like we can't grow weary of that because we're on the greatest mission ever. And so that, that like I think helps motivate us when we know we're alongside other people and serving in that way. And I, I want to ask you this because I think this is something that a lot of people would want to know is how have you started to balance uh, you mentioned how your schedule is much different now than in college. Right. You felt as if you had uh, have you uh, you had more free time then mm-hmm. and now your schedule is a little tighter. How are you balancing your personal life and your career in a healthy way? Sure. Yeah, I think one is just maximizing my time. So you know, at work over my lunch break, if I need to run errands, I don't have to do them after work. Um, that was a big thing. I was laughing with Coco earlier about doing grocery pickup. <laughs> um, so sometimes I just can't get to the grocery store. Don't want to prioritize it on the weekend yeah. when I have free time. So. Where do you do your grocery pickup through? Usually Walmart. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Walmart guy yeah, too. Yeah. It's know? pretty I'm close to my house. Family, so. so, you yeah. know, shout out to everyone that's going out to Aldi <laughs> and just doing their thing too. Um, a lot of respect for you. Do you wash your vegetables when you buy them and like fruit? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you should. <laughs> I always like to, you learn a lot about someone if they, they do that or don't. I'm not going to tell you whether I do or not. But uh, so you've you've learned to kind of see that balance. Mm-hmm. Has it been stressful? Um, I think, I don't know if stressful is the right way that I'd put it, but maybe just more exhausting. Like I want to get to know people and see them after work and be fully present um, in those conversations and those relationships. And so sometimes that means I'm staying up a little later. I'm saying yes to hanging out with people, even when I should probably be going to sleep um, (laughs) to go to work the next day. But I think it's important to prioritize those relationships while I still kind of have a little bit more free time. Sure. So. And and what do you what do you do when someone asks you to hang out? Like what have you done since you've been here? What have I done? Um lots of ice cream runs, um game nights, movie nights. So you've said yes a lot, right? Yes. To hanging out. Yep. And I think that's important. You you mentioned that and ha- how has that impacted the community that you do have saying yes, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just grown a lot of relationships. I've gotten to know people a lot better. Um kind of broadened friendships in Springfield. Honestly, it's made it feel more like home in Springfield, just having people around. So. How, how long? So I, I think that that's something that everybody wants to feel at home. Mm-hmm. No matter if you've moved cities or you've, you've done that, give me like a timetable of what was like that length of time? Like I, what, what could people think out there would be maybe, I think it would be different for everyone, but what was sure. that length of time for you to where you really started to feel like, hey, this feels like home? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I don't know if this is the answer people are going to want, but for me, probably about a year to really feel like I was settled in. And I think part of that was due to COVID. And Have you already been here down. a year? About a year and a half. I did not know it had been that long. Yeah. Time flies. Yep. But a year and a half, you felt like a solid year yeah. of, of doing those things. And for sure. 
So have you maintained those relationships still that you had previously from like college and those things? And have you maintained those still and you're making these new friendships? How has all that played out? Yeah, I think, um, well, yes, those friendships that I had in college, um, there's still some of my best friends got to see a bunch of girls this weekend. So I'm still close to them, but I think just understanding that your friendships post-grad are going to be different. Like I don't have the same history built up with all these new people that I'm meeting. Um, so understanding that, not placing expectations on your new friends based on your old relationships too, I think was Ooh, a big good. thing. So, and, and I think too, like it's, it's one of those things is like, you can't force history with people. Right. It takes time to have that. And I think one thing that I noticed for me when I was in a similar stage of like transition at that age was that I found that I needed time to like, if I had two friend, like two people that were friends already before that, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to come into that group and be on the same level of friendship with them right away. Like it took time to develop that. And I think like you have to understand that. And again, it goes back into each season of transition, each stage of transition of leaning into it and doing your part to make sure that you're finding community and I think one of the reasons why you've been so successful is that you've obviously placed your, you know, spiritual growth mm-hmm. uh, as a as a priority, and you you've made that something that matters. So, what would you say to anyone else who this will be to everybody because everyone's going to transition at some point and in some way? What would you say for people in transition? Yeah, I think well. Just don't compare your transition to other people's transitions. They all look different. Um, Did you do that at first? Like, did you compare? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just seeing, like, friends moving to different cities, getting different jobs. Seems like they were making friends a lot quicker or plugged into community a lot quicker. Um, I think it's really easy to compare. And, like, comparison's a thief of all joy. So don't do that. Um, But, yeah, just, again, I said giving yourself grace. Um, yeah, understanding it's going to be hard. It's going to be lonely at times. It might not meet your expectations, but yeah, I think just keep pushing forward. <laughs> awesome. And give me give me like one more piece of advice you'd give our listeners about if they want to grow spiritually in transition. Obviously, mm-hmm. you've mentioned give yourself grace, you know, and don't compare. But like, where do you feel like what where do you feel like God showed up in your transition? Yeah. I think just remembering your purpose. Um, for me, it was helpful to press into Matthew six thirty three. So seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. And then, so remembering that. And for me, it was like, okay, I don't know why I'm in Springfield. This wasn't necessarily my first choice. Didn't see myself coming here after I graduated. <laughs> what? Springfield's um, the I best. Know, but it's, it's grown on me. Um, sure. But just remembering that your purpose in Christ and just glorifying him with wherever you're at. Um, and knowing that we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So mm. the season's not permanent. Um, and so just don't take every, or don't take any moments for granted. Yeah. Is what I'm Would you say, say that but. you have joy? Like, even though, like, because of your relationship with Christ, did you find joy even in that kind of that struggle season, like in God? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I think that was what got me through a lot of the moments of loneliness um, and missing my community and all those things was because I had Christ. I knew I was never actually alone. So. I, and I think that, you know, that's the biggest thing. And one of the reasons why we exist as a community is we don't want anybody to walk alone. Mm-hmm. And God did not wire us 
to walk alone. He wired us to be in community and walking with people. That's why the church exists. That's why one of the five things we want people to do at High Street is to attend a service and why we want them to get in a group and join the team of those five things is because uh, it makes a difference because you get to know people and you get Mm -hmm. to see their story and you get to spur one another on to good works and you get to encourage one another. And so, yeah, I think that, that as we transition, it's important to remember that we've got to invest in community and continue to dive into that. So Riley, thanks so much for being on today. And uh, I think this is going to help a lot of people. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys next time.